as they come. Bro, you got a mic. <laughs> Brilliant. So we've been in this series, as you know, on where we've spoken about our identity, you know, what's in your bag. So identity, um, we spoke about promises, and last week we spoke about victories. And today we're going to put some stories to victories and maybe when people go through challenges how we overcome them with the victories in God so Lou and Neil why don't while you don't need introduction introduction to people why don't you just tell us a little bit about you give us a bit of background you your family and that stuff if that's okay I'm Neil uh, we've got four children so we've got oh, I've got to remember now aren't I? we've got Eden <laughs> we've got Matilda we've got Timmy and we've got Liliana uh, and they're they're eight it's <laughs> difficult. Just don't ask their ages. So they, their age range is from 20 to 8 years old. And myself, I'm a qualified youth worker. I work for the Youth Justice Service. So we support young people who have maybe made a mistake in life. And our aim is to keep them out of the youth, kind of the justice system. Bro. Um, my name's Lucy. Um, we've been married for a very, very long time. <laughs> very long time. Uh, all good. Um, almost all good. Uh, and I work for Derby University, so I'm a lecturer there. Uh, I lecture in youth and community work, uh, so we've got that in common. Um, and, yeah, that's it. Oh, and I also run an organisation called Muddy Church, which is an international organisation. And so, you know, fun fact behind the scenes... Lou and Neil were my youth pastors when I was little. So, you know, if they look a bit older than you think they are, that's the reason why. Because uh, they, they were busy running around after me. Fun, fun story. I was speaking to one of my friends who, who still lives in the same village where, where we grew up. And, um, you know, this must have been, not to age anybody, uh, but it must have been like 25 years ago. And he still sang the song, not a Christian or anything, still sang the song, Ship Shapes. That, um from the, from the youth programme that Lou and Neil did. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the impact that these guys have had over many, many years. Um, so just tell us, how did you, Neil, how did you manage to woo Lou uh, <laughs> all those years ago when there weren't phones and televisions and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> well, it's, it's a bit of a... My testimony, you could say, is a little bit boring. So I've, I was brought up in a, a Christian family, and I was really keen to seek God and uh, go to different events. And Lucy's church was hosting an event. Uh, my friend at school went there, uh, and he said, oh, I want to become a Christian, so I'd quite like to keep going to this church. So yeah. I said, do you know what? I'll, I'll come with you and just do that, that journey with you. So we joined the youth club, and I guess... Really, we, we were just all seeking after God, and uh, then we kind of just fell in love, didn't we? And uh, and that's that's part of the story, really. Uh, so we we actually felt when we were kind of eighteen years old that we needed to kind of go and seek seek God and serve Him. So I went up to Newcastle, and eventually Lucy went to to America. So. Um, we just felt that at that time it'd be good just to be a, be a part and then see if yeah. we were going to yeah. get married and whether it was right and That's stuff good. and I went over to America just to do, do a visit and I felt that it was right so I phoned Lucy's mum up and said would you mind if I married Lucy Wow. and she said that's okay so 
uh, I surprised Lucy at Disneyland. Oh, wow. Uh, in front of the castle and asked her to wow. marry her. Unfortunately, she said yes. <laughs> You're putting us all to shame. I did mine on a motorway bridge. <laughs> it's a good job Helen's not here. <laughs> it was raining, so it makes it more romantic. Uh, <laughs> does it? I don't know. In the films it does, but... <laughs> so, um, we're talking about victories. But often our victories come at the behest of great adversity. Um, just why don't you just tell us about, I guess, some of the great victories that you guys have had or maybe some of the adversity that you've had in your life. Yeah, so uh, mine and Neil's upbringing was similar in some ways but very different in other ways. So um, I was brought up in a Christian home as well, in a, in a home that, family that went to church. Um, but um, my immediate family, our kind of household... Um, was really, really dysfunctional. Um, and it was, um, there was quite a lot of different kinds of abuse and it just wasn't a very nice place. And I didn't really know, I didn't recognise that growing up because it was just my family. It was yeah. just all I knew. Um, and um, it was, yeah, like, I guess we went to church and I remember sitting there every week and then we'd go home and in lots of ways, we're quite lucky because we're quite well off. I had quite a nice, comfortable life. Um, and then, but there were downsides as well to, mm. to living in the household. Um, and when I was uh, 11, just after I started secondary school, my dad died suddenly. And um, that really was a massive change in our house um, in terms of the atmosphere, in terms of our income because suddenly I went from being uh, a, a comfortably well, a very comfortably well-off family with, you know, we'd go on lots of lovely holidays and um, had fantastic clothes and new cars and all of that uh, to being part of a single parent family. Um, and related to that, my sister then ended up in hospital for quite a long time uh, with mental health issues. Um, so I ended up really kind of from the age of about 12 to 15, maybe 16, um, kind of by myself really at home um, because my mum was having to travel to the hospital to see my sister. It was quite a long journey. Um, and it was there that I saw people from the church really help out. Yeah. And I saw something different from the just going to church to people actually caring. Yeah. And I noticed that and was like, people would say, like, I'd go round to the houses for meals. They'd, like, babysit me. I'd go and, like, they'd include me in their family and stuff. And um, it was through that, really, that I thought, this is something more than what I thought God was. I thought it was just going to church. Yeah. And I wanted some of, some of what that was. Yeah. Um, and so um, I, I really, really wanted God. So I sought God and I was like I want to become a Christian and we went we went to all these events and things and there was lots of kind of Christian things that we events that we went to and I knew I wanted God and I wanted more of God and I remember going to the youth group and um, I never wanted to miss a youth group because I was scared that God would turn up and I'd miss out on God <laughs> and I was that was like I was so hungry for God I was yeah. so passionate that I had a fear of missing out on God, Amazing, which yeah. is like, now I think, that's a great thing to have. Yeah. <laughs> I want my kids to have that yeah. as well, that, that passion for God. And um, yeah, so although there'd been all these 
very difficult times, actually, I saw the goodness of God in that. Um, And saw how, like you were saying, you know, the church isn't a building, it's the people. And it was the people that that helped me to see the reality of who God is. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of... um, Going on from that, um, my mum was an amazing Christian, an amazing woman of God. Um, and I, I remember you talk often about, you know, being an example to your children. And I remember my mum sitting at the, at the breakfast table and reading a Bible. And that's then become something that I want to model. Um, my mum got cancer. Um, and it was actually while I was in America. So I came back um, to live over here. Um, and kind of went through that journey of cancer with her, which, you know, isn't never a great thing um and she went into remission and then it came back and our church prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed um and my mum had such amazing faith and just believing for that miracle um and she went for a scan and they said it's all clear and like as a church as a people as a family it was like god thank you we knew you could do it we knew you could um, but then shortly after that, kind of within six weeks, the cancer came back and and she died very suddenly after that, very quickly. Um, and I know for some people, those things make us go, oh, well, why does God allow stuff like that to happen? Uh, why did God heal her and then let her die? Um, and it, I'm not saying I've never asked those questions. And I remember singing songs like, um, God is good, you know, that's God is good all the time and all the time, God is good. And thinking, are you God? Are you really good? Because why has this happened? Um, but there's something, it's not about what happens to us, but it's about the nature of God mm. and that He is good. He is. His heart is good. Mm. And actually, you know, I, we all go through things, you know, life is a cycle and. We all have, our days are recorded, you know. Yeah. We've all got an infant number. And actually, through my mum's life, I know so many people were impacted. Yeah. And I'd rather live a shorter life and make a difference to God yeah. than to live to 120 and never make any difference. Awesome. Um, so I think, like, even in that, I can see, and I don't know, you know, I ask those questions like any of us do, like, why though, God? You know, I'd have loved my mum to see my children and all those things, but ultimately, I know that who she was and her life is something I'm so grateful to have had as part yeah. of my life. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to let that be robbed as a, oh, my God, why did you do this? Yeah. Because God has always been there for me yeah. when nothing else seemed to be and nothing yeah. was going right yeah. God was still there and has always been there yeah. and always will be yeah. and I would I, I can't imagine living a day without God no. I think that must be so hard yeah. um, and so I'm just so grateful for that faithfulness of God yeah amen that's, that's great and thanks for being so open and vulnerable in, in front of all of us um, and the amazing thing is your mum's now she's in heaven and yeah. she's She's dancing with God and um, we, we sometimes see things so finitely because we live in a finite world, don't we? But the reality is for you and me, if we know God, we're, we're, in, we're in eternity now. Yeah. We're not going to taste death. death oh, where oh death is your sting? Yeah. And um, I know that your mum left such a legacy because she was obviously so close to, to
to me in my life. And I'm sure, I'm sure that Helen was in the kids thing at the, the church. And I'm sure there's a room named after her or something. Yeah. And that's the legacy within the church there. That Helen, uh, my wife came back and said, oh, I was there and it, and it was called this. And I was just amazed. But that's the legacy that lives on. We're obviously talking about victories, not disasters. And uh, I've already quoted it this morning, but Joseph said, what the enemy meant for harm, God's going to use it for good. So some of these things that we've been through, um, how's God turned it around and used it for, for good in you guys? I think for me, because when I was 13, I felt God was calling me to go and be a missionary in Albania. And yeah. at the time, that was closed. So the... The, the ruler then kind of just said, there's going to be no faith in this country. Wow. And it wasn't until the early 90s that kind of um, the communist regime broke down and then kind of church planting happened. So for me, I guess, to be a part of that, so one of the churches we went to uh, had only been planted for 20 years, yeah. and uh, so it's a, it's a very new church, but actually to go to Albania and experience that, was amazing, really. Yeah, because you guys took your family, didn't you? Was, was Eden well, just born or...? No. So uh, we... Neil had had kind of a call since he was 13. Yeah. Um, for Albania, he didn't bother telling me until we'd been married several <laughs> years. Cheers for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where, where would you like to go? Hawaii? <laughs> Albania. Okay, I'll have to find where it is on the map. Um, so it's just... Across from Italy, up from Greece, so it's a Mediterranean kind of country. Um, so that was great. Um, but it's a very poor country because of the communism and things. So it was kind of like this call, we felt we should do something about it. And actually that's why I went to university and got a degree in youth work, yeah. was because we were, I felt like we'd need some proper qualifications to take yeah. to Albania if you were going to set something up. Um, we didn't need that. <laughs> it was, it's that thing like God does, God does like, didn't need a person's qualifications, but yeah, yeah. I've ended up teaching at university. So um, yeah, and so we went out first just when, before we had any children. Yeah. Um, and then we went back out to see if it was the right place when uh, Eden, our eldest, was four and Timmy was two. Because um, we were kind of like, you can't take, you can't, we can't just take children to another country um, and we realised then actually it's a great time to take them because they're young and yeah. they're adaptable yeah. and it was like we can do this yeah. so we came back uh, we said to our church we're going to sell our house they, they knew we'd kind of got this idea dream uh, we're going to sell our house and sell our stuff and we're going to move to Albania and this is when we're going to move I think we said March the 12th or 24th um, had a date and everything and then two weeks later found out we were expecting Matilda uh, and we had to go okay God well that wasn't part of the plan now we look really stupid because obviously we're not going to go to Albania and again somebody said well, you can t go to Albania with a baby and we're like no we can't and we're like yeah we can yeah. and it was just such the right thing to do so we went when Matilda was six months old uh, Timmy was four Eden was six um, and because we'd got this little baby, people accepted us so much more. And um, we didn't know at the time, but as we were doing like the baby names and stuff, 
I was reading through and we couldn't agree on a name. And I read this name, Matilda, and it said, Do not fear, little flock, for it's the Father's pleasure for you to inherit the kingdom. And that was a verse with the name Matilda. And I went, that's the name. And a bit of that baby jumping in your tummy kind of thing. I was like, that's her name. And so we called her Matilda. Um, It wasn't popular with everybody, but we liked it. (laughs) And we knew knew that it was what God had said. And when we went to Albania... Um, we sat with our, we had a lady who was helping us learn the language and uh, we said, I said to her, what, everybody keeps saying to us, Emrinship Ta, Emrinship Ta, what, what does that mean? Because we don't know what that means. And she said, oh, it means Albanian name. And uh, what, Matilda? And she was like, yeah, yeah, Matilda is an Albanian name. Wow. Thank you for naming her Alba- wow. uh, an Albanian name. And I was like, is it? Wow. <laughs> and um, in communism, it was on the list of names. You could only have certain names. And Matilda was one of those names. Wow. And where it was kind of that, you know, Psalm 139, God knows all about us. Yeah. God knew from before she was born what her name should be, you know. He knows all those things. And where yeah. we'd kind of gone like, oh, this is a barrier. We can't do this. We can't do that. We can't do the other. Every time God had gone before us, even to the point of giving us the name for our baby. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, preparing the place we were going to, where we lived in Albania, there'd been uh, a missionary there that had been... Neil's sister's pastor uh, years before and he'd lived in a little prayer house it was like a shack wasn't it it was just this wooden thing on the edge of this area and he'd lived there and prayed those streets for like years before we'd even gone there but we knew about him because of it Neil's sister and kind of went God God goes before you know way maker even when we don't see it you're working and just how God goes before us and sometimes we don't even know those things, yeah. but God knows all those plans for us. Yeah. And when it seems like God's not working and, I, you know, how can I do this, but how can I do that? God, God is already going ahead yeah. of us and already gone awesome. ahead of us. I love that. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I could sit here and keep asking questions all day. But we're trying to be, you know, with the kiddies in the service and stuff, we're trying to be concise today. But just to sort of pull it all together... Um, I find it amazing in people's lives who have ever achieved anything. And we define success differently here at Arena. It's not just all about how big your bank balance is, is it? Um, It's about your impact. And Christian says something. It's not about what you leave behind. It's who you leave behind. And uh, what you leave behind in others. And this couple have left so much behind in others. And they're continuing to do that in this church, aren't they? You know, I'm sure you've seen that. But is there any, as we, we sort of tie all this together... Are there any Bible verses that, in your times of adversity, that you've clung to, to bring, through you, bring you through to victory? <laughs> so there's a Bible verse, and I always get the, where it's from wrong, so I haven't brought my, my Bible with me. <laughs> but it says, um, we loved you so much that it was our pleasure to uh, share with you not only the good news, but our lives as well. Um, and... For us, that was something we we felt and in our marriage and what we've always clung to, that we don't want to just tell people about God. We want to show it in our lives. And, yeah. and you know, I think we're both really, really blessed to be able to be in, in jobs that um, we didn't think necessarily God would work through, but we can see God working yeah. through those. Yeah. Um, and just that 
sometimes it's not it's not about our words yeah it's about how we treat people or what we do or yeah. just being there and being consistent yeah. um so that's kind of a big one for me for me i i absolutely love psalm one yeah. So, and there's just something about being planted and being in a place where you're going to grow and meditating on God's word. And I guess over the last few years, Psalm 23 yeah. has been dead important for me. And just knowing that sometimes I'm going into situations that I'm a little bit un- unsure of, but yeah. kind of, I know God's kind of leading me there and, and watching over me and stuff. That's brilliant. Hasn't that been awesome? Yeah. Come on, why don't we give them a round of applause? Thank you, guys.